1: took your a whole half time he done with the trouble breve last time flat line need down when up the half time half time keep a little still by my belt line finally you ain't you only see i half time
0: welcome to the get in podcast presented by fourth and dude brought to you by Eagle eagleinside.com and armchair media season 4 UVA week the eags got back in the wind column versus a dangerous louisville squad on saturday Overcoming a ton of adversity and stuffing the birds by a score of 34 to 27, BC improves to six and four on the year, five and four in conference, and are set up for a chance for the first winning record above 500 in the ACC since 2009. On today's episode, we'll recap the thriller vs. Louisville, put Jim Christian's job on trial for the fourth consecutive year and preview the road trip to Charlottesville for the regular
1: season finale. First of all, I feel like saying it's just the fourth consecutive year is significantly underselling it. Uh, but Matt, I'll tell you what, it was more like Loserville on Saturday. You had a lot of good oh. puns in your in your intro. You missed that one. Um, I think the real question that America is asking right now, is Is it too late for Denny Pancakes to win the Heisman, do you think? I'll tell you what, Matt, you look at his QBR
0: from Saturday, it's a 99.0. And I'll tell you what, this kid loves playing against Louisville. Look at this for an analytic, uh, more like a Denny-lytic. Am I right? Yeah, oh, that's a yep, little it. No, it's good. Uh, 13 completions, five touchdowns, something like that, something in that range. All he does yeah. is throw for touchdowns against Louisville, um, and we'll get to Denny in a second. But what a gamer that kid is. He embodies everything this team's all about. And I'll tell you what, a certain a certain uh, podcast host was right all along, it turns out there, how huh, Matt?
1: Well, I don't know. We'll talk about that. I don't know if that's quite the case. I think he did a great job when called upon. I think it's still in general that we might not be holding on to the 6-4 and four record if he was our, our starter the whole time, but that's a, a different discussion. He's the best backup in the country. We could say that. Is that oh, fair? yeah. No, I can definitely say that. Yeah, fully fully on board with that. Um, so big show today. We got to talk Louisville. We got to talk UVA. We got to talk hoops, like you mentioned, which is, I don't think, going to be a fun conversation. Uh, but before we do that, a word from our good friends at... That online, Matt. Postseason football is just around the corner. All teams in the NFL and college football are strutting their stuff to get ready for the playoffs as well as bowl season. You might not have been in a game this year, but you can still get in on all the action at BetOnline. BetOnline has gone the extra mile all season long to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts Matt, I, I will just kick it off with this. I know you're you're married to a doctor, so that basically you know gives you gives you some medical uh, mm-hmm. some medical clout. Here's what I noticed: Djurkovic was not wearing a brace in the first half. He was mm-hmm. wearing it in the second half, or at least when the injury happened. It was a very minor tweak, not a true non-contact. And then he was like standing on the sidelines the whole time, not you know pushing into the locker room. And now he's back first in the depth chart. What's your read as a as a medical expert on the status of, of Phil Jerkovic going forward?
0: Yeah, and I appreciate that you you listen off the quals there. Um, I, I obviously know a lot about you know medicine in general and, and bones and all that. And yep. actually, we we have a ton of, of uh, doctors out there that are uh, that we coordinated with on Twitter a little bit. Uh, shout out to the slees sleesman. Um, oh, he's, he's a doctor. Heard, yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, he's an orth- orthopedic surgeon, I believe. Um, and I think that means pretty sure that means bones. Bones, So, so yeah. So, so between, you know, the, the, the team doctor that we have at fourth and dude, um, as well as some of you guys out there, um, we all thought it was an MCL. You know, anytime you get non-contact like that, it kind of scares the shit out of you, but, um, it, it felt like an MCL. Obviously that doesn't seem to be the case, or at least it's not a serious. And that's where I'm going to get exposed a little bit because, um, you know, you talk about MCLs, you talk about ACLs. I think that's pretty serious generally. Um, but Hass's been saying that, that Jerko's X rays look good, or MRIs, whatever the term is. And uh so it sounds like he's gonna suit up. And and part of me is a little bit disappointed because I would have loved to see Denny out there. That's kind of a joke. Obviously the most important thing is Denny is uh is is Jerko, you know, is is healthy. He's gonna get back on the horse and he's good to go long term. That's obviously what matters here. But uh, it was a little scary there for a bit there on on Saturday, huh?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely will will agree. And I think these end of season injuries are always are always weird. Like obviously, for the sake of twenty twenty, if it was a, a serious injury, and, and again, the individual player's health is obviously what what matters the most, not wins and losses and and all that. But. If this was a season-ending injury, you'd obviously rather it, you know, now when we're six and four than you know week two, because I frankly don't think we'd be six and four, you know, if Grosell was under center, and that's no knock on him. I just, I just think that a lot of what Jerko did was exceeded. You know, he really exceeded our expectations. Um, throughout the year that said the other side of it you know we want to talk half full half empty is that this end of season injury I mean now there's 10 extra weeks basically that you wouldn't have for a recovery Uh, we saw that with AB a couple years ago he had a late season injury and ended up I think being ready for opening day but you know was basically out of all spring camp as well as you know most of the summer so who knows again the fact that he was never taken into the locker room standing on the sidelines the whole time that to me was was encouraging. He did get an X ray, not an MRI. And again, as a doctor, I, I feel like that feels like it's not too serious then, right? Like wouldn't you get an MRI if you thought it was a, a ligament? Can right. MRI
0: is a ligament. X ray would be right. a bone. And if it's not a contact, right. you, you typically don't break your
1: leg just by standing on it, right? So Yeah. So I don't know why I don't know why they didn't go for the MRI. Again, that's that's for you and the doctors to figure could, out. It could but, be half speak too. I mean, that was just an right. athlete's presser, so you know, who
0: knows? It could just be Halfway just saying words for the sake or it could be some gamesmanship too. So now Bronco all doesn't know what to think. Um, no, but I, I think it's, you know, I think, you know, the point here is that, you know, not only is he, you know, obviously going to be good to go for Saturday, it sounds like, but, you know, long-term this is one of those injuries. And we saw it with AB like, that's the last thing you want. You don't want a nagging right. injury. And I do love, I do love all the people on, on the message boards. And this drives me nuts. Everyone's got an opinion. It's like, Oh, he should definitely sit out on Saturday. If he's not hundred percent or no, he should play. It's a big game. And if he can, if he can, if he can gut it out, he should play. In my day, we used to play, you know, off pills both ways. It's no, you guys don't know anything. Right? You guys have no idea what's going on in that locker room, what the team doctors are saying, what the x-rays or what the MRIs say. If he's if he can play on it and won't do further damage and he can tough it out, then he's going to play. And if he can't, then he won't. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, it is pretty remarkable. I mean, we talk about the the comparisons that, that he has to Roethlisberger and, and just mm-hmm. in general his size, his toughness. I, I don't want to say he's injury prone because I don't in any way think that's fair, but it does feel like we're dodging a bullet like seemingly every week with this, doesn't it? Like th- This feels yeah. like too often that we've had these – at best, close calls. Right. He's, he puts himself
0: in a position to get injured five times a game. And that's not a knock on him. It, it probably sounds like it is. That's not what I'm saying at all. We talked about a couple weeks ago where it's like he holds on to the ball too long. It's just a fact. But he's able to you know escape pressure. And when he can extend plays, really, really good things happen. And so we'll take the, the bad with the good because the good's so so good. Um, but unfortunately, it means that yeah, he's going to be more prone to taking big hits, to you know probably getting hit low, um, and to you know staying way too long in that pocket. Uh, but he's a tough kid. We, we've seen him bounce back up countless times. This was the first game where he's, he was really out for extended time outside of Clemson, right? So you know he he is like Big Ben. He's going to tough it out. But yeah, he's it's just it's a bit of a ticking time bomb. Like this this could be bad at any second. The way he plays.
1: Right. And I will say that I'm sure as a collective fan base, we all had our, our doubts when he stepped out and, and we saw Grossell come in. Not me. Matt, I Not feel like that. this is this is your segment. I'll give you as long as you want to just, just give all the praise that, that Denny rightly deserves for what was an absolutely phenomenal performance on Saturday.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's great for Denny. It was a great day for Denny and, and it was awesome, but it was an even better day for me. Um, you talk about the vindication of, of all the haters in the offseason. Um Everyone was just obsessed with with Jericho Gate, right? And rightfully so. He's a big-time recruit. Obviously, he came in and backed it up. And he is QB1. There's no question about that. But I kind of felt like Denny got his name direct through the mud a little bit and, and was forgotten about. And everyone was saying, um, you know, Denny kind of sucked last year. And that's actually not the case. He was thrown in a very difficult spot. We were a run-heavy team. And when the defense gave him something to th- something to throw at, he took advantage of it. And I went as far as to say, and this got laughed at, but if you normalize Denny's numbers in, in a normal offense where he had a normal number of pass attempts, he was like fifth in the conference in, in, in touchdown passes, something like that. If he got his touches, th- th- I mean, th- this uh, uh, you know you talk about Signetti too. You now he's a guy that could have come in and really improved Denny from from last year, right? I, I, I kind of thought that Denny would take a leap. It, it's clear that he has. He's been automatic this year. Um, small sample size, right? But still, <laughs> hey, small. I mean, when he's come in in very very important spots and he's he's he won us the game. So I don't want to hear any laughter there, Matt. Um, but no, I mean he he really does uh, the leadership that you can tell he has on the sidelines. He you know, every every player on the team respects him, and it's rare where you have a kid like this that just and, and halfly said in the press or two. You know, he, he got his job taken right. And he's still this positive influence. He's he's leading the, the the QB room and he's always, you know, breaking down the huddle and, and all that. He's he's just a great kid. Um and, and it's it's really great that kids like that get a chance like that to lead their team to victory. Um in a in a in a big win against the Louisville team that's a lot better than their record. Um in a what would have been, you know, really crushing loss for us. So um, you know, those two consecutive uh touchdown drives that he led once Jericho went out, that won us the ballgame. It's that simple. I just can't say enough. Kids said enough good things about him, and already said it, but that is the best backup quarterback in the entire country.
1: Yeah, I think strictly on like a human level, that was the best story we've seen in the year. I think again, like you said, a guy who you know had his presumptive job taken, but has has clearly, and you could tell by the way the team was responding, especially on that you know fifty yard run he had. Basically, mm-hmm. the entire you know eighty man roster was sprinting down the sideline with him going absolutely nuts. You can tell the the caliber of a person he is, you know, in, in terms of that locker room and the way he's respected and the way the guys rally around him. So that was that was great to see. Uh, honestly it was kind of our Rudy moment if you, you know, get rid of the SEC fraud and the offsides penalty. I feel like we mm-hmm. kind of had the, the same thing going on there. But I don't want to put know, him in the same sentence just because you know, no, he's it's great. Of course Rudy he's not a, he's not a fraud. criminal and right. yes, correct. Exactly. Um, so no, but it, it really was an excellent story. But beyond that, he did play really well. Uh, he did everything he needed to do. He kept, you know, the ground game moving and, and you know, a couple of his touchdown passes that that uh, Lewis catch was absolutely bananas and it was a mm-hmm. good throw to to make it happen. So he was really impressive. He looked a lot better, frankly, than, than I think what we saw out of him last year. Um, but just overall, again, a great story and a great win. And the other thing, too, and we'll talk about Vegas in, in a little bit. How are we only one point favorites in that game? Again, I know Louisville is better than their than their record, but that to me was criminal and you know, obviously, we ended up covering relatively comfortably. And if Jerko was in, that may have – I guess it would have been about the same because he couldn't have done much much better than what than what Denny had done there. But that game was really never in doubt.
0: Yeah, I think it was a bad matchup on paper and whether Vegas knows that or not or, you know, Vegas sets the line of what they think the public thinks. And it just, it's probably just a matter of when people see Louisville, they still think that they're not that bad. And when they see BC, they say, oh, they're not that good yet. Sure. Like the, the casual betting fan maybe doesn't know. Um, the roles are a bit reversed, but um, you know, from an is and an O standpoint, or from a matchup standpoint rather, you know, the fact they had a running quarterback that probably cost us, you know, six points on the spread right there, just because we're awful with mobile quarterbacks. Um, they have a couple of really, really good receivers, um, and while we do have a good secondary. We haven't proven that we can get consistent pass rush and that's generally a recipe for disaster. So if I was handicapping the game, you know, I would have said that Louisville is going to put up some points and, you know, BC has been a little hit or miss lately. Right. And we're coming off a loss to Notre Dame. Before that, we didn't look good against Qs. So while I agree with you that on paper, the one point spread was criminal and we all benefited from it. Um, uh, you know, I, I could kind of see it. It was a big win, and and that's a good Louisville team. The record doesn't show it. Satterfield's a great coach. They had the running back that opted out, but they still have an explosive offense. The defense is a lot better than you think. Um, I think they're fifth or sixth, uh, at least on the I think pass D. Their rush D is a bit of a sieve, but um, their pass D is one of the better ones in the conference. So it's it's a better Louisville team than you think. And and the fact that we got a win there, I think with with a backup. We didn't even talk about Bailey yet, but you know, with a backup QB. And the backup running back. I mean, yep. it's really, really, really incredible win.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And 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 I did have some fears coming in with the with the mobile quarterback. I think for the most part he was contained. He obviously had a, a couple big runs, and one of the touchdown drives, you know, was basically exclusively uh, you know him on the ground. I will say
0: he, he did have 130 yards. It was kind of a it, quiet it was run. a
1: sneaky it was a sneaky 130 <laughs> yards. I was actually shocked when I saw that number because again, yeah. really, I think I do think outside of that touchdown drive where he you know banged his uh, hand up, which is a another a quick sidebar. This is the at least third time that I counted this year that a backup quarterback came in after an injury to the, to the opposing quarterback on like the one or two yard line. Everyone in the world knows that they are just going to hand the ball off and run it up the middle. Yet somehow we have just been completely gashed and basically the, the running back has, has walked in untouched. Um, mm-hmm. That obviously happened again after he, he went out after the you know 20 plus yard run to get down to the two. So again, we won. I can't really complain too much, but just something to keep an eye on there. Um, was it was it McHale Cunningham or Malik Cunningham this time around? That I don't know. So I played for the name you, on the front of the jersey, not the back.
0: <laughs> do you remember last year he changed his name right before the BC game?
1: I, I, oh, man, okay, I don't remember. That.
0: Is this like a dream you had? No, I'm pretty sure it's a real thing where I think he was Malik and then minutes before kickoff last year, the announcers just mentioned in passing, oh, well, you know, he used to be called Malik, but now he wants to go by Mikhail. Um, and now I think he switched back to Malik. I, think I was, was going to say it was definitely season. Malik.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that's kind
0: of something to watch for going forward there. Um, I think he'll probably want to stick with McHale since, you know, they beat us when he was McHale and now, you know, Malik is, you know, and one against us, I guess. So, um, that's just something separate to watch out for going forward.
1: Yeah. That's a great point that I, that I truly did not consider coming into this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I do want to note, Tutu Atwell is still there, wide one of their wide receivers. Very talented public enemy, guy. Public enemy number one of Correct. the program. We don't forget. Nobody forgets. Call the, what did he say? Like the, He was a reporter asked him a couple years ago, like, what do you see in the Boston College defense before the game? And he was like, a lot of slow people. And then we came mm-hmm. up and he got like one catch, sack Allen, you know, publicly embarrassed him after the game. Uh, I was surprised that he didn't retire from football then and there. Apparently he was still kicking, made a couple nice catches, but always nice to get a win over, over public enemy number one. No question. And that, t- who's calling like Will Harris slow? Like yeah, that's, that, that was such a good secondary. Like, like last were, year we could get away with it, right? Yeah, Fine, fair. Exactly. I can live with that. But not the, not the two year two years ago defense. Um, yeah,
0: no question. I, I, I do think, you know, look at, so let's take a look at the box score. And Louisville did beat us in, in virtually every category, at least offensively. So they had 50 more passing yards, they had 11 more rushing yards. Uh, there's a big stat. They converted 60% of their third downs compared to our yeah. 33%. I mean, you name it. And they they were they were better than us. I mean, offensively, it's that simple. The one obviously statistic that we we beat them on is the turnovers. And you know, as we keep saying, that stat matters more than any other stat in college football. You win the turnover battle, you know, you have a pretty good shot to win the ball game. The fact that we we had, we forced it was three turnovers, I think, for, to their one. Yep. Um, that proved to be the difference in the ball game. So, I know I'm a broken record, but um, you know, this defense continues to uh, to show up. When they have to, and um, I do just want to give Jamin Muse a shout out. This dude doesn't get nearly enough credit. Agreed. Uh, he, he forced yep. that big time fumble early in the second quarter um, that that Cam Horsley recovered. But he also, and no one's talking about this, he had that that deflection to ice the game at the end. He got mm-hmm. pressure to the quarterback um, and, and popped the ball up, and uh, Sheeta came down with it. Right. But it's not just it wasn't just this game. I mean, he had the I think he had the the interception against Duke in week one. He had another one. I mean, he's always around the football when turnovers happen. Um, So that's just a great guy to have. You know, we, we love having guys like that on this defense, whether it's Hamp Cheevers, whether it's Lucas Dennis that one year. Um, and he's a big hitter too. I mean, he—he's just—he's going to be a really good player. This is his first time with with you know real playing time, um, and I think he's a junior. So I'm excited to to see what he can do the next uh, you know one or two plus years, depending on how long he sticks around. Because um, I think he could be you know one of those guys that's that's playing on Sundays. That's that's how good I think he is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The other thing too is is you really think about the the Halfley effect. I know it's, you know, big for guys like Nate Silver and other stack guys to just talk about the randomness to turnovers. And while there is an element there and generally over the course of the year, they will normalize out to be pretty even, you know, both for and against. I think, and I haven't looked at the numbers this year, but it just feels like game over game. That's an area where we are always dominating. And at a certain point it is, you know, you got to say it's not just random anymore. It's this defense and Halfley's putting them in positions to do so. And you got to give a credit to the offense and Jerko as well. I think he's been, you know, very smart with his decisions. I know in the first couple games we had some fumble issues, but otherwise, like you do at this at a certain point, tip your hat to the coaching staff and say, this is not just a, a fluke anymore. Something is specifically happening here that is that is causing that. And again, frankly, if you look at the six and four record, I think there's, you know, a handful of those games that you could attribute you know, maybe not 100% directly, but a lot of credit goes to the fact that we had, you know, two plus more turnovers than um, than the other team. So it, it is something to watch. And, and you know, we knew Halfley would come in and just generally uh, really cause, I think, sparks on, on both the defensive and the offensive side of the ball. And I think this is a great example of that. And again, it's winning us ballgames, which is really all any of us could ask for.
0: Second in the country and turnovers forced. So, wow, yeah, I mean, I, I do think and that's one of those things that Halfley... I know we got to move on here, but there's so much to dissect from this game. Uh, that's one of the things that Halfley said when he, when he came in here is quick fix to the defense is, you know, make it your, those guys, those guys' eyes are on the ball. You know, last year, remember the Kansas game? We always bring that up where our, our, uh, our D backs are running, you know, 50 yards backwards when it's a run play, right? They're just running with the receiver. You know, Halfley had a big emphasis on, you know, turn around. You're going to backpedal. You're going to keep an eye on the football. And when there's an opportunity to make a play, you're going to make it. And I think they're doing the same thing with stripping the ball and, um, you know, all the credit in the world goes to the turnaround on this defense. I mean, you really can't say enough good things. And, and on that note, you know, this started to feel a little bit like the Florida state game from last year, right. Where we kept settling for, for field goals instead of touchdowns, which is obviously a common theme this year. Um, and, and it started, the game started to slip away. They started to kind of, you know, throw their weight around in the fourth quarter and just out athlete us right with those back-to-back touchdowns. Um. But then the defense stepped up in, in the last two minutes, whereas in Florida State last year they certainly didn't. So uh, this is one of those games that the halfly effect fully won this one. I think with with that turnover that iced the game at the end.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. The only other you know kind of shout out I want to give uh, throughout you know throughout the game is the offensive line. They absolutely dominated mm-hmm. from start to finish, and I think there, there's a huge credit to that. We talked about this throughout the year that how disappointing it was early on in the season when they weren't you know playing like this not because they were playing poorly by any means, but because we knew how great they could be. Um, so it, it is great, and, and, you know, for them and, and you know, just to, as a fan to watch, uh, to see them hit their, their full potential. And it's not just obviously last week. It's been, you know, this way for, for you know, a couple months at this point. But uh, that's really where we knew this offense would, would start and to see it come together the way it has, uh, to quote Steve Adazio, it is it is truly beautiful. Uh, yeah, I'll no, say that much.
0: No question at all. Yeah. Um couple half empties for me just we got to do it uh where's hunter log ben hunter log's been been conspicuously absent yeah um the first four games he averaged eight catches for 90 yards since then matt he hasn't broken the four catch or the 60 yard mark yeah now this could be for a couple different reasons it could be the fact that defense is you know starting to, to key in on him I think it's more so the fact that we're, we're starting to run the ball more and he's being used in a blocking capacity, um, which I think is overall positive. We want to get more balance, which is good. Um, we've also had the emergence of, of C.J. Lewis specifically in the red zone, right? So we haven't needed to rely on Hunter as much. Um, but I'm hoping we can get him more involved because he, he was on such a good trajectory to start the year. Um, and I'm not saying he's not, but he just hasn't been productive, uh, receiving wise. So, um, I'd like Tim to, you know, he was, he was considered a top NFL pick and, and all, or, you know, first rounder for sure, right? Or at least top three rounder. I don't know how the draft works, but, um, I'm hoping we can get him more involved, at least against UVA. And, uh, you know, he, he, I think he's a big reason that, you know, we were successful in the red zone early on and, and we've sort of gone away from that or defenses have started to figure that out. So, um, uh, you know, that's just a quick note on, on that. And then we already talked about the other one, but we gotta we gotta figure out these mobile quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, when you play Madden, you can just throw a you run the QP spy play, and that takes care of like whether you're playing. Well, they Michael were Dick. doing the
1: spy, but they were doing with like not the fastest linebackers we have. They were running a spy pretty much all day, at least from uh, what I was a, able to see. Are you a McDuffie truth? Are you a McDuffie truther? I'm not. I think he's a phenomenal player. I don't think it's Me fair too. though for him to to go in a foot race with Malik Cunningham. Okay people or people that say our in, line either way. people say that
0: that say we have average linebackers like no our linebackers oh, are excellent
1: at being linebackers
0: I agree people that there's people that say oh, I can't wait to get these guys in here shut up like Richardson and McDuffie are two of the better linebackers in the country and you know we're going to you know realize we didn't appreciate them once they're gone But point being, and we're not smart enough to to figure out why, you know, these quarterbacks keep running all over us or how we're going to fix it, whether we need to do, you know, have a a D-back playing spy, whatever, whatever the fix is, um, you know, it's. it's VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. It was Cunningham, it was Hendon Hooker, it was Ian Book, and now we got Armstrong with UVA that can run the ball too. So um, it's something we got to figure out sooner rather than later um, because because that just continue to extend drives and, and that's a killer. So, But overall, this is an overwhelmingly positive reaction. you know, The fact that we're 6-4 and four is another one. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't think people realize how big of a deal that is. Three out of our four losses are against top 17 teams, including two that are in the college football playoff. Um, you know, we haven't had that big upset yet, right? Which, which is maybe you know somewhat disappointing. We've been in the mix, obviously, for a couple of them, but we've won every game we're supposed to win, or at least we're in the hunt to win, um, which really hasn't happened since the TOB era. So I think I think that's I think that's a big one. Uh, the fact that athletes come in and, and beat who he needed to beat and taking care of business hasn't been pretty all the time, right? You think about Texas State, Syracuse, etc. But, um, you know, the guy wins ball games, So can't say enough about that. We have a chance to go seven and four. And like we said, first time above 500 since 09, potentially, if they can pull off the win this weekend.
1: Yeah, that's a wild stat, especially when you throw in the fact that now Notre Dame is counting towards a a conference win-loss record and they're, you know, one of the best teams in the country. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. like this is not just a normal throwaway. So that's absolutely remarkable. Matt, you talked about the linebackers there. I'm going to use that as a segue to one of my half full, half empties. As we all know, Mark Herzlick, one of the greatest Eagles of all time, on the field, off the field, amazing story. College Game Day in two thousand and
0: nine. We should call this the fourth and Mark Herzlick podcast. I'm, that, look, I'm
1: just, I'm just saying. Okay, we we all love him for what he did while wearing maroon and gold. And if you're not from the Boston area, you love him for you know the Super Bowl and and all that other good stuff. Matt, I have never met a human being in the world. <laughs> That has rooted against Boston College more than Mark Herzlich does when he announces b c games. It is like amazing. Like, it is, it is legitimately like if you and I were the color commentators for Notre Dame games Mm -hmm. and just how much we would root against every single play that they, that they do. That's like what he did. Like the CJ Lewis catch, one of the best catches of the year in college football. Within about two seconds, he was like, Oh, that's definitely offensive pass interference. Like, are you kidding me? He had about 15 different instances of this last Saturday. And again, I've mentioned this throughout the season. I keep banging this drum, but. For, for all of our sakes, his and ours, get him off of BC Games. He clearly either hates us now or he is completely overcompensating by trying to not seem biased. But either way, it's too much for me to handle. Uh, and something just needs to be done in Bristol for that. So that's one of my half full, half empties. Again, love the guy. Love everything that, that he stands for. But just get him off of BC Games.
0: This is what we need an intern badly. We need someone that – and if you're a current undergrad, reach out to us. You could probably throw this on your resume. It won't look that bad. Um, only if you have nothing else, obviously. We're not going to pay you. We'll pay in koozies. We um, But I would like someone to to go through the games and go through all the challenges, like all the official reviews, and tabulate all the ones that Herzlick said uh, it was anti-BC. Like the call went the other way because he every single time – and he's always wrong. It, every time it's it goes to BC's way. And he's always like disappointed. There was a, uh, you mentioned the CJ Lewis one. There was another one where the Louisville touchdown got called back and he was like visibly upset about it. It's oh, very, when he hit the strange. pylon. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was like, no, that's yep. definitely a touchdown. That's the clearest yep. touchdown I've ever seen. He might as well walk right in. Yeah, no, I don't know what it is. I don't know who has hurt him in this administration. Or again, if he's maybe just trying to be, you know, as professional as he can be. Like Doug Flutie calls Notre Dame games and and he's not super anti Notre Dame, you know, for the most part in, in mm-hmm. those calls. So So you can do it. You just got to be normal. I don't know. It's it's insane to me. So that's something just to keep an eye out for uh, throughout the remainder of, of Herzlick's broadcasting career. Um, Matt, a couple other quick half-full, half-empties. So I will say half-full. We've officially made it a full season without wearing the official home jerseys, like the mm-hmm. ugly maroon diagonal stripe, whatever they are. We've gone full throwbacks and or red bandanas throughout the entire year. There's obviously a chance we wear the official away jerseys uh, at UVA on Saturday. But, you know, whatever. If we have one game without the white throwbacks, I can live with that. So just a great job. I would have thought there were some contracts with Under Armour that, like, we have to wear the, you know, A1 jersey at some point. But uh, thank God that is not the case. Good riddance there. We should talk about well, We haven't talked about the the new contract.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I also think that Under Armour has committed fraud every, any way you can slice it. Sure. And I think that if Ace tried to uh, enforce their will on any type of contractual obligation, uh, BC could just say, oh, hey, look at this fraud byline in the contract. Uh, you're violating that because you guys stuffed the channel left and right. And, you know, we won't take you to court, but we're going to wear our throwbacks. I think that's what's happening unofficially off the record. That's my personal opinion of what's happening. Um, but, yes, more importantly, we're now a New Balance school I'm kind of thrilled about it, Matt. Especially if it w- if it actually is correlated to the new bre- the basketball facility announcement. I don't know if there's anything
1: related to that, that would or be not. be oh, I didn't even think about that. I don't think that's the case. But that would be awesome. What do you? I mean? would I guess mean? I would guess that they're using the the what's the like the Pine School or whatever the the new school they just bought like a year ago deeper mm-hmm. into Newton. I would assume that's going to be like the basketball campus. If they were going to put it at the Celtics and Bruins area by New Balance, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. But I don't know.
0: You want our guys traveling out to where off the pike? Like in, it's like Worcester. No, it's no, 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 it's
1: absolutely not Worcester. It's like literally like five minutes oh, down the road. it is by Newton.
0: It is by Newton. You're it's, right. It is
1: outrageously co- close. Yeah, it's
0: far away. From, like if, if you're in the it's north, near the, end, it's far, I think it's kind of near the
1: party city, right? There's a party city over there. Oh, no, what's the liquor store? Martinelli's. It's near Martinelli's. It is not. M- Martinetti's? It's right near Martinetti's, I think. And I the know. IHOP? On Watertown? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's like pretty much in Watertown.
0: I think either way, that's that's a that's not where it's going. I also be think it's on going. Campus. I don't know
1: what you're. What I don't you're think hurting. it's
0: going on the Pine School. I think it's going somewhere, either on like near Beacon Street, near the Beacon Street garage. That's not right. That's where
1: the there's a garage there. Yeah,
0: they might just knock down Connie and then just yeah try, try and start over. Like you don't need that much land for a basketball facility. Or there was also I think a plan at some point to uh, we don't know. No one knows. Um, But hopefully it's I would hope it's right on campus.
1: But, I would too. I it just feels like we've we've kind of I don't want to say run out of room, but like where would you put a, a full basketball practice facility right now on the real campus? Obviously, you do Brighton campus, but at that yeah. point, like I think the New Balance thing to your point of like putting it at the Celtics and Bruins facility, which is basically at New Balance headquarters, would be really cool and a great recruiting tactic. Hey, you're now you're now practicing next to the Celtics. This is not going to be a good thing to say.
0: Hey, Matt, maybe they put the Lynch School on Newton and they just build the basketball facility there. What do you think about that?
1: I, I have no comment. <laughs> okay. Real quick, uh, uh, real quick, Matt. <laughs> uh, quick MFK, marry, F, kill. This has gotten. Uh, this has been a controversial topic on this show in the past, but I would love to just get your thoughts because you mentioned yeah. it. Uh, Enron, yeah. Under Armour, Rudy. You have to marry one. You have to F one. You have to kill one. Wow. I can't kill them all? No, you can't. It's not allowed.
0: All right. I'll, I'll say this about Enron. Enron at least opened our eyes to all the problems that were ongoing in the accounting world. Um, so if I have to, I'll go ahead and marry them. Wow. That uh, feels wrong to say. That's out. I mean, they're like the gold standard <laughs> for fraud. I'm killing the other two. You can't make me choose. So okay. uh, Ru- Rudy's dead, though. Rudy is dead for uh, 101 fair. times out of 100. So Yeah.
1: Uh, switching gears a little bit here, Matt. So my last uh, – or two more half full, half empty. So half full, half empty recruiting. We don't talk a lot about recruiting on this show just because it's frankly tough to keep up with the lives of high schoolers at our age. Matt.
0: Matt. While we're on New Balance, I feel like what I <laughs> the tweet that we had was really funny. The Air Force Odeos. Like really that's a funny, funny that's a yeah. funny tweet.
1: I, I mean Eddie Odio, he's just like us. He really is. That's
0: a new balance guy through and through. He's he just, just he loves pop that, punk.
1: He loves yeah. new balance. I mean what's wrong with yeah. that? Like Can you right? imagine like, just him? him
0: throwing down absolute hammers yep. in those dad shoes? Like it would yeah. be legendary.
1: Yeah, I do want to know too that by the way that they did say Adidas is gonna do the football uniforms, which is which is cool. I think Adidas does a good job in general. Uh, who
0: do they do Miami and I guess it's Louisville. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the they are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, New, New, kind of New Balance boring. does nothing.
1: New Balance doesn't. I mean, they did Liverpool soccer for like two years and that's, I don't think the case. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's, yeah, it's probably, it's gonna be comparable to under armor. Right. Um, it's not going to be Nike. It's not going to be that cool, but right. I don't know. Hopefully, they do something with throwbacks, obviously. Well, the thing no, is the,
1: that- the fact that we get FaceTime because now we're the only school that does it versus being you know, school number 30 in Under Armour's portfolio. You get – no. it just – here's what we're going to make for you. Now, it's yeah. at least you're the only client we have. We'll make literally whatever you want. Jason Baum could go over there on a Monday and design brand new uniforms ready to go on a Saturday. So, our there track- is that.
0: You're a, con- you're a cross-country guy. Our, oh, our, buddy. Our, I am.
1: Our track program is probably going to go to the yeah. moon now with yep. New Balance sponsoring. you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, I was always more of an A6 guy, but yeah. you could kind of go with it. Okay. Matt, I do feel like we've spent a little too much time on this. So <laughs> I'm going to switch to my final half full, half empty, which segues into our next conversation. Okay. So the half full is, is Hoops' is back. In general, this is a lot of half full and half empties here because it's kind of a roller coaster. So Matt, what if I told you that we were, I think, a bucket away from beating the number three team in the country, an old rival. At what we, point were we a bucket away? We lost by like twelve. Okay, we were, like, within two, like, within 90 seconds. Okay, we had the lead at one point. Like, that was sick. Okay, anyways. Came back two nights later. We beat a solid URI team. Agree that Eh. beating URI post-Danny Hurley is not necessarily anything to to brag about, but a win's a win. And then we came out two nights later, and we were down by about 100 points to a mediocre St. John's team. We fought back, which was great, but of course we lost. Uh, gave up again, a hundred points to a team that, you know, was held under 60 by a high school team like the week before. Mm-hmm. Does that overall to you, are you more half full or half empty on, on where things stand on the hardwood? I, <laughs> I just, I know the answer, but I, I have to, I have to ask. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin with that. Uh yeah, Villanova game,
0: obviously Villanova, you know, played as bad as they could have. Uh, you know, I think it was it was the rust probably from the off season, And it was exciting for a little bit. You know, we, our guys were, were hitting big shots. Um, and it was exciting. But it was a moral victory, and it was really squandered away by bad coaching. And Jay Wright, you know, put his put his uh, you know good coaching pants on the last five minutes, realized who he was up against, and just just outcoached JC. And it was it was pretty clear. We just panicked, and this is a recurring theme. We just panicked in the last five minutes and started playing hero ball. And it's because JC doesn't have any uh, cohesive offensive game plan other than I'm going to recruit the best guys and hit the guy the best guys that he can recruit. Uh, are not are not ACC competitors across the board. There's a few of them, but um, his philosophy is just you know play basketball, and it's not going. We're not going to have any type of identity. We're not going to run an offense. It's kind of the opposite of Skinner. You know what worked yeah. at BC when Skinner was here was yeah. All right, well we're not going to recruit better athletes than the UNC's and the Dukes, but you know we can have a better offensive. Uh, mindset, and we can stick to our game plan, and we can outfundamental the other team. And you know, I don't care what Jim Christian does, but it can't just be our worst five guys and the opponent just go play basketball. That that's just not a recipe for success. And what when that happens, you know, we don't really have a, a clear number one on this team. Maybe it's Tabs, maybe it's Heath. Um, the grad transfers seem to think that it's them. People were just jacking up 30-footers at the end of the Villanova game. It was really the same thing with URI, and it was certainly the same thing with St. John's. Our biggest problem is we can't score points consistently. Our other, actually, this is our biggest problem. We can't stop a nosebleed on defense.
1: That's the biggest um, problem. 100%. We, we have
0: no interior defense, no rim protectors. Um, the guards are not all that interested in playing D. In um, St. John's, it was embarrassing. And St. John's, this is a, a program that is, you know, historically in the gutter, as everyone knows. And yeah, maybe they might be okay this year, but you know, we, we don't, we don't know. But what we do know is we've been doing this for seven years. Nothing's changed. It's the same old Jim Christian. And uh, I just, I can't believe, like. If it was you and me, like, at our normal corporate jobs and, like, we did this, what's the equivalent of doing this for seven years? Like, I, I can't – like, how do you get it wrong for seven years and still have a job and get paid $2 million to do it? I, I just – I I don't care. I haven't cared the last four years. There's no point in caring. There was a time when I did care um, when I was – you know, the, the Jared Dudley days up through uh, – you know, up through the Donahue days and even the early days of Christian. I gave him a chance and, you know, it's just the same old shit and – Bunch of people love this job, and the fact that we just won't we won't budge on them. I don't know what we're doing, and I'm, I think Kraft will, but it's uh, it's too little, too late. It's you know it's been you know five plus years of the same bullshit, and I'm sick of it. And I think everyone else is starting to get sick of it too. And, and that's that's that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think from strictly an, an, an interest perspective on the fan side, when I mean, you even see it on you know Twitter on a, on a game day against the number three team in the country the night before Thanksgiving, you know, which you know everyone's home. That should have been a game that had as much Twitter traffic the same way it does you know as a as a football game, right, and like we saw against Louisville like I mean Twitter is just everyone's talking about it, and now there are literally like five accounts and credit to those guys because they're diehards, and they they still actually have the stomach to watch this program day in and day out, which is like, that takes a lot but, of intestinal fortitude. But you and I are diehards too. I, I, I it's kind of, but I just don't to think care. I don't care enough to tweet it. Yeah. about it. I don't care to talk about it because I just, I, I I'm so disappointed at this point that I just know. And again, that like, we're playing a number three team in the country, an old right. Big East rival, Jay Wright. Like, that should have been something that everyone was, was, the entire BC community was in on. And, and by the way, like, it's not like we got blown out by 50. We were in that game the entire yeah. time. And it was just—I don't think it just felt like everyone just didn't really care, and that's not—I don't think anyone's fault on our side of the fence because I think that that's an, uh, the fact of the matter. Of we've seen seven years of this, and at no point—I don't think—and and maybe I mean, correct me, correct me if, if you disagree—but at no point did anyone really think we had a chance to win that game, even when we were up or when we were down a bucket, you know, with with a or, minute left. Or more
0: importantly. And I agree with that, but more importantly, even if we did win, so what? It's not like we're going to string consistent wins together. Sure. And and I guess that's you know that's the bigger point is yeah you know, we might have a couple nice wins a year, and obviously they scheduled this gauntlet for to say that we had a couple big wins, and maybe a couple big wins happen, and the other team has an off shooting night. But um, I just I can't unless you make a tournament this year, and you and I are diehards too. Like we were we were there in Connie. Every single game when we were in school, except and for the one where we got, out of school. except
1: for the one we got kicked out of the Providence game, uh, like five minutes in. Oh, <laughs> you
0: got kicked out. I well, you came
1: with me. I appreciated it, but did I?
0: Um, yeah, yeah you left with me. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah, but anyway, I mean, even you know, we made the trek over from the North End, you know, a couple years right. you know, postgraduate too, and and you know, we want to care about this team, but the fact that they just, but they won't let us. Like, <laughs> right. it's not like we're just fair weather fans here that that want a winning program. We just want a program that's going to try. That's it, and it's not asking a lot. And uh, you know, I'd, I'd hope that Kraft wants to put his his uh, his stamp on this program sooner rather than later. Um, we did see that that when he was at Temple, he did uh, he got rid of that old guy that was there, Phil Martelli. Nah, is it Martelli? I don't know. Uh, it is Dunphy, an Italian name.
1: It's a- Fr- yeah, 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 yeah. Fred Dunphy.
0: That's so not, he got, that might he- not be Italian. I, yeah, I don't know either, but uh he 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 pulled the trigger on someone, uh got got some backlash for it, but it was also, you know, time for that coach to go. And uh so hopefully he he doesn't have uh, you know, patience with Christian because every single year the same optimists keep rolling around and saying, "Hey, you know, we got we got depth this year or hey, we right. got this player this year. If This grad transfer is, you know, what uh, you know, all-American, then we're going to be really good this year." And it just never happens. So, um just change it up, hire anyone else, I don't care who it is just do something. And that's, and that's hoops until further notice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, I think that is the the key. Like you mentioned, like I, I disagree with you earlier saying that, you know, we don't really have the talent. I actually think this is his most talented team that he's had maybe with, with one exception, but I mean, Felder, Heath, Tabs, the Langfords, mm-hmm. Dickie Buckets, like these are good players that, that he has brought Felder. in. Felder looks great. Right. And, and obviously that's a, a big credit to Spinelli, but you know, we saw he had Bowman, he had Robinson and he wasn't able Mm -hmm. to do anything with it. Like, why are we expecting now, you know, you give him the Duke roster and, and sure, I guess with the Duke roster, he'd he'd probably be able to make a tournament, but he'd be limping in, (laughs) right? Like he wouldn't be a top 25 team. So it is a certain point of like, yeah, things are, are, it's it's certainly not the player's fault. Uh, We're bringing in good guys and he's just not able to do anything with it. So I don't know why at this point there's any sense of giving him another game because it's like, You know, you could, you could almost make the argument if it was a bad football coach in his first year. All right. Well, it's not his guys yet. Let him get some classes in. These are his guys and these are the best guys he could, he could imagine, really. And he's still not able to do anything with it. So I think, I mean, again, I think the, the reason that, you know, obviously the, the reports last year were that MJ. Wanted him gone, but Leahy said no because of, I guess, because of COVID. I don't know if COVID had really been a thing at that point. But in general, they didn't want to spend the money, and and they really wanted to wait till a hoops facility was in place to give them the leverage. Now that Rothstein says that's here, like we talked about, um, so you just have to assume that that you know this is about as lame duck as it gets, and and we're just all trying to grind through it until we get you know the the next guy in.
0: Yeah, no, no question. And, and last point on this, and let's talk. Uh, let's talk uh, UVA. Um, So COVID hit last year, and it's a good point. So we we were one of the the only teams in Power 5 that had been eliminated because uh, all the conference tournaments had halted. But we obviously lost first round. uh, Was it Syracuse? Who cares? Wake, maybe? I don't know. But in that game, it was Sean McDonough that basically quote tweeted us on on National Television and said, Yeah, some accounts are saying that. Oh, yeah. uh, Remember that when we got that wrong? Yeah. Jim Christian is alerted. Alerted the donors, or no, Martin Jarman, sorry, has alerted the donors that they're looking for a new basketball coach. I stand by that um,
1: reporting, by the way.
0: Yeah, we, we had a you know, bona fide source and it was legitimate and uh, fully believed that it happened. But by then COVID, it was obviously, you know, happening and, and you know, we know that how much COVID has hurt kind of higher ed and you see all these schools that are cutting costs and maybe it wasn't feasible for BC. I kind of think that it's not feasible for them to continue this level of ineptitude because they're just leaving, um, you know, TV ratings and, and fan concessions and, uh, you know, ticket revenue when, when COVID goes away. Um, you know, it's got to be costing them millions of dollars in opportunity costs with what it would be to have a winning program Um, so you know that's my thought there I don't think COVID should have been the excuse you saw what Wake did Wake went and hired someone for a billion dollars and you know that's what you got to do if you want to compete we have the price facility can we get a coach
1: yeah no I mean I think I think you nailed it and I don't think there is anything else that that needs to be said because at this point it's yeah let's you know every night they go out we hope they win and and that's all for the best but you just can't set your expectations too high because it's only gonna it's only gonna eventually come crashing down Another another intern. I'd like the intern to to also compile. It's a busy intern, another- man. I mean, he's got like school and social life to balance too. He can't just do fourth and dude work all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's true. Uh, I'd like to compile the number of ten nothing, ten plus nothing runs that we've given up because it has to be more than any other team in college basketball history over the Jim Christian tenure. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. We're just we get zeroed out for minutes at a time.
1: It's wild. Yep. Uh, I'm getting depressed. So let's talk about UVA. Or is there anything else you want to throw in beforehand? I don't know what on COVID. Um, yeah, let's talk COVID real quick. Sure, let's do it.
0: J-Bomb tweets it out every single week. Just can't say enough good things about what Halfley's doing with COVID. Um, and, and everyone on this team is is obviously very accountable. And, um, you know, it starts with the seniors and, and the leadership on this roster. You know, these guys are obviously playing for each other and, and all that stuff that we keep saying. 8,000 tests, I think it is, with one yep. positive result. And that was over the summer. It doesn't really count. Um, you know, we're seeing... Schools like you know Michigan is in the news, right? They're yeah, you know, COVID is rampant through their program. They're getting bad press, saying oh, they're just saying that to duck Ohio State. You're seeing Florida State that keeps making schools travel to Tallahassee only to cancel the game in the final second. Most notably, Clemson last week, I think it was. Uh, so Norvell's getting a lot of hate for that. And by the way, we're so dumb. Remember our our, our coaching uh, candidate podcast like a year ago? Yeah, what we said. Oh yeah. Yeah. Norville's our number one candidate. No, I never, nope,
1: nope, nope. You can check the tapes. Get our intern to check the tapes. I never was that high on Norville. When I I saw the picture of him in the dreadlocks, yeah, that's like your type of that's your look. The the bleached dreadlocks. But I was like, this guy is trash and he's a bad coach and I want nothing to do with him. But I took that back
0: as soon as I listened to the first press lead, or Halfley press conference, not even when he was named BC coach. But once I started doing research on Halfley, I realized I kind of fell in love with the guy. So in my defense, but yes, there was a time where those guys were 1A and 1B. And holy cow, did we lock out picking the right guy because Halfley's doing everything right. Half of Norvell's team's in the transfer portal. Um, and it's just great to have Coach Half. Can't say enough good things about this team and, and all that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think especially, I mean, so I'm pulling up the most recent tweet right now, per the Heights, there were uh, 28 new cases on campus and that's about consistent pretty much when it's been week over week. So the fact that the that the football team has stayed out of it, I think speaks as much to the players as anything else. Like it's on campus, so it's a matter of, you know, what mod party you're going to. I mean, I'm sure mod parties look wildly different right now, but there's still an element there of holding each other accountable and not wanting to, you know, ruin it for everyone else. So that's a great job. I will say, you know, we've avoided, uh, for the most part, any disruption to our schedule, which is pretty remarkable. Obviously, Louisville was like snip-snap on, you know, it started on the Friday night after Thanksgiving, and then it was pushed to, like, Christmas, and now it obviously has, has come and gone. Um, but the fact that it really hasn't thrown off our schedule is pretty remarkable when you see the ramifications that it's had throughout the country, but specifically in the southeastern portion of the country, even in the ACC. Um, the fact that we've been able to get through – a schedule virtually unscathed. I mean, there was a in total, I guess, a one day um, difference it, it is amazing. And it's part of its luck, not on our part, part of its luck on the schools that are on our schedules part that it hasn't kind of coincided. But, you know, overall, this has been as normal of a season as I think anyone for us. As I think anyone could have possibly imagined, um, so remarkable, remarkable stuff there. Definitely agree. And you know, as much as again the the basketball team, we obviously just just gave our thoughts on. Want to note that they also have had no cases, so kind of the same thing. It is kind of a wow, well, a BC Athletics Department thing.
0: Twelve well, players first, you know. Oh, I agree. It's more impressive with football,
1: absolutely. And well, the game, no question. But I think it's you know, you've got to tip your hat when you're again, you're a doctor. You should appreciate this stuff. <laughs>
0: I am a doctor. People forget that. Uh, speaking of the basketball, one other thing I had in my notes. The timeout situation—that's just the most I Christian thing. I ever. can't talk about it. I can't talk Come about on. it. Come
1: on, we have. You to. can talk it's about quick. it. I just can't. I can't. I can't do it anymore. It's just too much.
0: Oh man! So St. John's is up by three, I think, at that point, point. and yep. there's what a minute to go. I forget the exact circumstance, but um, I don't know if the power went out or they couldn't get the shot clock, but uh, the refs were, were at the uh, the scores table for a good five minutes, and in that five minutes with a minute to go in the game, less than a minute to go in the game, you would have thought that Jim Christian would have used that time with his team that you'd never get. Like that's bonus time. And anytime you can get, uh, you know, in game time with your team, you try to set up the next, next few plays and go through the scenarios and make sure guys are doing the right thing. I don't know what they were talking about, but I've never just seen, I've never seen a worse use of time in my entire life than what he, and I've, I just watched, you know, we just watched seven years of Steve Adazio football I've never seen clock management like that my entire life for, for that free throw would they make one of them and then they go down the court and immediately call timeout. It was, it was one of the most astonishing things I've ever seen. Yeah. Obviously we're out of timeouts when the tabs debacle happened, um, where he gets stuck in the corner with 10 seconds to go and jacks up a shot with two guys, hands in his face. Um, timeout would have been nice to have there. It's always good to have a timeout in your back pocket and college hoops. And, um, it's just, I don't know. I just, he's always on the sideline just saying nothing. Like he never says anything. That's like, it's, he
1: just stands there. I think that's a big and part I, that bothers me is again, the, the, just like the general demeanor, right? No tie, just generally no doesn't tie. look like he cares. It's just like, come on, man. Like look at Jay Wright. And Jay yeah. Wright, you know, you could argue, I'm sure he has his issues and I'm sure he's definitely kind of sleazy, but like, looks great, cares, awesome. is emotional. I mm-hmm. mean, Jim Christian is just like it's like we don't have a coach again. I don't want to go down this road. We're already at you know forty five minutes here. But I like, can't stop talking about it. I'm like mesmerized
0: by yeah. this guy. But yeah, like give us, give me you know a, a fifth of the salary. I'll take
1: that. You know, right? Well, that's I the will thing. Stand uh, there. Matt, I'll it. Stand 50, there do it for fifty thousand dollars. I'll go do it. That's fine. It would be so much
0: fun. And you know what I'll do? Every time we go to practice, I will I will do nothing but free throw practice, and we'll right. automatically be a better team. And maybe I'll install an offense, and that's and that's it. That's all you have to do. So, um, the fact that we're in the most competitive basketball conference in the country, and everyone's like, like, "Oh, we can't get anyone better. This is as good as we could do." It's BC. There's no there's no practice facility. Shut up. We can get anyone we it's want. Disgusting. At a certain level, we see Wake do it. We see Virginia Tech do it. These guys rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. They've rebuilt three times a piece in the time that we've just you know been. Idle or really backtrack in the last seven years. That's it. I'm done. No, no more hoops talk ever again. Let's talk Virginia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into Virginia, again, quick reminder from our good friends at Bet Online: the wait is nearly over. Football postseason is right around the corner. All the teams in college and the NFL are starting their stuff. You may not have been at a game this year, but you can still get in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online has gone the extra mile all season long to make sure you can get on in on everything imaginable. From game spreads, totals, team player coaching props, Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sports experts. And Matt, support for 4th & Dude, the Get In podcast, comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped mm-hmm. offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls, folks. That was the tagline of the the first advertisement, and it is the season. Um, It is time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Manscaped is a revolutionary company that has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawn Mower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so you can do all of your manscaping in peace. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. Their lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0. So they're just on the 3.0 generation across the board, which is convenient. Uh, It makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It is literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver Mat, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. Mm -hmm. Speaking of sweaty things, I am thankful for the Crop Revival, Thanksgiving pun, This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your down low from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep you feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Matt, tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, all your male friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ARMCHAIR at manscaped.com. Your jingle balls will thank you. Again, that's twenty percent off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Clean up your nuts and mix. <laughs> I was saying <laughs> clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Matt, let's talk UVA. <laughs> All right,
0: on that note, wow, heck of an ad read. That's it, huh? <laughs> um, everyone, I'll those. tell you, everyone, everyone on my Christmas list is getting lot 3.0, so don't buy that ahead of time if you're on my <laughs> Secret Santa. Um, so you can expect that in your stocking. Matt, let's talk UVA. Uh, they're 4-4. Four and four. I don't know. What, what do you got? UVA is kind of UVA. Here's what yeah. I'll say about UVA. If you're one of those people that thinks UVA is just kind of this neutral opponent, we don't have any beef with them. Think back to the two thousand five game when that offensive lineman cheap shotted Matthias Kiwanuka. Yep. I should tweet out we should tweet out that video because it's it's ridiculous. I you, you know what I'm talking about, right? So Kiwi's got he's he's got that banged up ankle, um, and he's limping on the field but playing through it. And I, it's a tic tac y game, but he the, the offensive lineman, the play's over. And the offensive lineman just dives at Kiwi's ankles. It's you know, an all time good. Incredibly It's it's the definition of a cheap shot. Um, Al Washington, within seconds, who's a linebacker on that team in '05, you know, pummels this guy. Just shoved his face into the dirt. It's pretty awesome. Um, but probably the one of the dirtiest plays I've ever seen. It's it's up there with uh, who's the hockey player that, uh,
1: that Marty that, McSorley, Ty Bertuzzi. Yeah. Uh,
0: who's the Martin guy? Who's the
1: guy uh well I think Marty McSorley did that also. I think you're thinking Todd Bertuzzi. No, Todd Bertuzzi Todd hit a guy from behind. Marty McSorley's a Bruin who smacked a guy in the head with a stick. No, it wasn't a Bruin. I I didn't think it was. Todd Bertuzzi was on the Canucks when they were in those Sean, blue and red jerseys. The kind of the, Sean Avery was it Sean Avery? Sean Avery Avery's just like a, a weirdo, but I don't think he I mean he was a dirty player, but I don't think he has any like dirty like, hits. You're that's thinking Marty McSorley.
0: Fun. Yeah, probably. That's like a that's a top one dirty play. Um, it very easily could have you know, ended Kiwi's career. It was it was that dirty. We'll tweet
1: it out to, to get the the yeah, UVA. You're, hit you're absolutely up. thinking the Marty McSorley hit on Donald Brashear. I've got the clip That's, up. He just he's yep. skating by him slowly, and he just kind of basically whacks him in the head. Um, yeah, just, I mean he's just a uh, you know gross guy. Whatever. Anyways, uh, here's what I'll say, Matt. We talked earlier about you know the the Vegas kind of lack of disrespect because you just see you know BC and Louisville, and and you assume oh Louisville you know they had a Heisman you know winner, and it's BC. I feel like college football fans in general often feel the same way about UVA. And and I think you and I specifically, it's UVA. Like, what are they going to do? They're, you know, uh, an ACC coastal team. Who are like, they're just nothing special. Um, mm-hmm. That said, on the Vegas side of it, we're four and a half point underdogs, which to me makes absolutely no sense. Because you would think if you're just a, you know, generic SEC fan, you would assume both these teams are pretty you know, evenly matched at best, right? So that makes no sense to me. I, I do, I agree with you that I, I think that it's easy just to sleep on them just because they're not a football school. Uh, they are a coastal team in general. There, there's not really a lot going on there. Uh, that said, I just think four and a half underdogs is, is absolutely ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And I opened at seven, I think they yep. six and a half, right? And, and, and to and be I very think-
1: clear, a lot of it, I'm sure was Jerkovich concern and whether or not he's going to be healthy and ready to go.
0: Yeah, and even still, even if, if you know, halfway effectively said he's going to be ready to go on Saturday, right. barring a setback. But so now it's down to four and a half. But you know, even still, no one's no one's saying he's one hundred percent. So um, you know, that's part of it. And, and yeah, to your point, I don't think a lot of us saw UVA being a great team this year. You know, obviously they were the coastal champs last year, but they lost Bryce Perkins, who you know accounted for you know must have been upwards of seventy five percent of their offense with, between throwing and passing. That's the same thing. They're throwing and passing. Yeah, it is. Bad. Passing, sure is. <laughs> passing and rushing. Uh, so yeah. So so you know, knowing nothing else, yeah, you'd figure that they they take a step back. Um, they do have a couple of good defensive players, Charles Snowden, who I think is banged up, and I think he's actually out for the year. Um, he's a guy that's going to play on Sundays. So, um, but in, in general, they've had a good season. Very quietly, they had a rough start. Um, so they're four and four, and they started out one in. Yeah, they started out one and four, and they've won the last three straight. Right. So, uh, and then and then you know, they lost a good team. So uh, they lost to Clemson, NC State, who turns out they're actually not bad. They lost to Wake, who's another good team in Miami. So all four of those losses are kind of quality losses. Um, and they have a really good win over UNC. They were in a shootout with UNC a few weeks ago, um, and then beat them forty-four to forty-one. So, you know, I think what Bronco, Bronco Metinol is doing down there is legit, and I think these guys are the real deal. They don't have a great quarterback. They don't really do anything that great. Um, the one thing they, they do do well is is pass protect. I think they got a pretty good O-line. Um, and I think they lead the country maybe, or at least the conference, in tackles for a loss allowed. So from that standpoint, it's kind of a matchup nightmare. Um, our D-line has not been able to get to the quarterback consistently. If there's one weak unit, it's probably the D-line. hate to say it because they are right. great. Um, but it's just we're, we're undersized there. Um, you know, we obviously backfill with some grad transfers, but that's probably the one unit that has some question marks outside of my guy Valdez. Um, and Barlow's been great. And they've all been, they've all been great at moments, but consistently getting pressure hasn't really been their wheelhouse. So, um, you know, from a matchup standpoint, that's a concern. And this quarterback, I don't know if, want to Google, if you haven't already, Brennan Armstrong? He's like the, the prototypical, he looks like he, he would have gone to Syracuse instead of UVA. He's like, he's got a very hateable face. Um, big redhead.
1: Hang on, real quick, anyway, Can we talk about Syracuse quarterbacks. The do you see the end of the game last weekend? I didn't until I was I was looking because I it was perfect. Rick, it came yeah. out right before BC, so it was. It well, was I was natural. I was
0: busy. I was I was going tree hunting anyway. But I I, uh, I just saw it today for the first time. And I my It was at
1: floor. amazing. So first of all, it, we don't need to walk through the entire thing, but it was third and goal. They were were they down a full touchdown or were they down? They might have been down.
0: Like I a touchdown would have won it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Not a full touchdown either way. Third and goal from the around the 10, uh, with like 30 sec 20 seconds left. The one thing he obviously can't do is get sacked. What does he do? He gets sacked, he refuses to throw away. But even better than that, they are able to snap it on fourth and goal with like 0.5 seconds left. Uh, rather than throw to the end zone, he spikes it on fourth down. Just amazing <laughs> in Syracuse. And again, that's completely off topic, but I feel like we needed to uh we needed to cover that.
0: One, it was very Wake Forest Oh my BC, god, this Brendan
1: Umshark sure guy is hideous.
0: Yeah, he looks like yeah. the bad
1: guy in Luck of the Irish.
0: It, yeah, that's, wow. That's a very quick reference for you to come up with that uh, on short notice there. Uh, Matt, it was very reminiscent of the BC Wake 3 nothing game. That's my first point. Right. And number two, what is it with you with people that have cancer and you're just bagging on them? Rex Culpepper, another guy that battled back oh, from cancer is on the football Shit. field.
1: That's no, on that's me. That's a weird – that's a weird stick to have. Man. I'll be honest, I forgot about that one, so that's tough. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, also, All real right. quick, Sean Avery yeah. he doesn't have any like historically dirty hits. He's a cheap shot artist, like he's just yeah. not, not that great of a hockey player, and, and he's kind of a coward. Um, so a lot of kind of you know uh, cross checks, you know, from behind pushing people into the wall. But again, if you look at historically the dirtiest plays in hockey history. It seems to be pretty unanimous, at least on the three articles I've looked at. It's the Bertuzzi hit, and then Marty mm-hmm. McSorley, who again slashed Donald Bashir in the in the face, uh, or just basically whacked him with the stick. Uh, yeah. So that's probably what you were thinking, but again, neither here nor there.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Not not a big hockey guy. Um, we're we're big Thatcher Demko guys, but we're not big a big time. hockey. Hey, hey you know, uh, you we swept the we're, we're two
1: and zero. Oh. Yeah, let's mention that yeah. we're two and zero. Oh. How about that's that? great. After, and I think after UMass is like a top 10 team, right? So we beat them twice. We're the number two team in the country, maybe the number one team in the country.
0: Yeah, probably number one. In my Sounds opinion. like it. Dem- in my Dem- opinion, Demko's- they're definitely number one. Right. Demko's look really good in net so far, <laughs> so that's a positive.
1: Yeah. But if he um, but if he's if he falters, Parker Miller is right there to take his job. Yeah, so I feel I'll, good I'll about
0: that. I'll tell you that. what. I'll tell you what. Um all right. So we started to talk about UVA. I didn't get very far. <laughs> um
1: we talked about I'll be honest, Matt, that's about as far as I can get with UVA talk. <laughs> We I'll let you take a here. We
0: talked about the dirty hit. That's important. Yeah. Um, I'm going to set a calendar reminder to tweet that out. That'll get the fans going. That, that's going to go viral. I'm sure it's been tweeted out already, but if not, I'm going to tweet it out. We'll oh, go I got viral. another. Note. uh This was yep. the
1: first ever. Actually, I don't know if you were on this trip. It was the first ever fourth and dude official road trip. It was the first ever. You know, we try to make the annual road trip to an ACC yeah. game. This was the I first road trip one. we made since the inception of fourth and dude. All right, so you weren't there, but anyways, it was sick. We got this big house right off campus. We hung a bunch of BC flags. Uh, from the deck And we had multiple BC fans walking by Old, young, stopping by our, our front yard tailgate Uh, Great time in Charlottesville Charlottesville is a phenomenal town I would love if they were in the Atlantic so we could have an excuse to go down there every other year Yeah,
0: no problem. That's question. all I have That's on another. that, since you missed the trip Yeah, no, I appreciate that Yeah, I, I remember you know you guys all having a blast there And I don't think I've missed one since So, uh, so something to be said for that um, Agree though, well, hopefully they get rid of the divisions You know, once and for all And then we play the teams like UVA, and I'm a big Chapel Hill guy. I'm a big Research Triangle guy. Um, so I'm about to go 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 down for Chapel Hill, or or, you know, even for Duke games and Durham. I mean, Raleigh
1: is awesome. Let's let's just call what it is. Raleigh Raleigh was fun. I I hate their hockey team, and I hate NC State as a school, but Raleigh was a fun town.
0: We had a blast down in Raleigh. That was great. NC State fans are just the worst. Almost it almost kills the whole experience. All right, last thing on Virginia. Then we'll make our predictions and get out of here. As bad as the matchup is with our front four against their O-line. Um, important to note that uh, Jerko, couldn't remember his name, have Grissel in my mind. Um, the reason it's such a big deal that is playing is because Virginia has the worst pass defense in the conference. They average allowing 275 yards per game. Or no, sorry, they've allowed over 275 y- yards in six out of their eight games. So that's a lot, not good. So Jerko, Jerko could feast, Zay could feast, Hunter Long get back and back in action, and then Gill and Lewis do the rest type of thing. So um, yeah, you know, that's really the breakdown of the game. Is and I think it could be a high scoring one. You know, just given that fact that their defensive weakness is our strength and vice versa, um, it could be it could be a bit of a shootout. I th- I see this you know going down to the wire. I have a lot of respect for UVA. I didn't realize how good they were until I looked at their schedule and saw that. They really have no bad losses and, and only, you know, all their wins are really good. They beat Louisville by, by two touchdowns. Again, we talked about the UNC win. Um, they haven't played in a bit, so they could be a, a, a bit. They were one of the uh, Florida State casualties when, when Florida State canceled. Um, so they haven't played since, I think, mid November. So it's been a bit. So they might be a little bit rusty, but uh, rust versus rest, right? Um, but hopefully Jerko's good to go. Hopefully Bailey's good to go. I think that's, you know, that's certainly big. Hopefully the O line keeps playing strong. Um, cause I really do think we're going to put up some points. So that's the official analysis, Matt. You got a prediction?
1: Yeah. I'm going to go based on all of your analysis there. I've kind of computed it and I like BC 41 UVA 26.
0: Yeah. I really like that score. Wow. I had, I had a uh, BC 38 UVA 35. I think it's going to be a close one. Um, important to note. We haven't, we've never lost UVA. We're six and O against UVA lifetime. Um, I wouldn't. I would like to keep that streak going. I don't want to lose to
1: them. Kiwi revenge game. Um, let's get a W. We're one zero in Charlottesville in the fourth and dude era. I think that's important to note as well. I'll tell you what. Um, all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. A couple quick house cleaning notes. Just apologies for the season in general. I know we haven't been recording a lot. Uh, I'm going to blame myself, as everybody knows at this point. Uh, I am back at business school. The fall at business school is recruiting season, so just trying to get a job while I balance my my podcast career. Uh, basically, something just to keep the lights on before the podcasting pays the bills full time. So, apologies. Next year we'll be back. Recruiting is, is over in the uh, in the coming months. So next year we'll be back in, in full force. Other I've thing, had to cancel. I've had to cancel a couple. In your defense, I've also had to cancel a
0: couple times. Appreciate I hit that. A deer once on the you night. Hit a deer. We're that was bad. Yeah, that all, was bad. We all remember that. Yep. Um, so anyway, so, so sometimes life gets in the way.
1: Yeah. The other thing where we failed is the koozies. Uh, So we bought the koozies. They're awesome. We have 100 of them. Uh, Out of those 100, I think I have about 85 still sitting in my apartment. I have not mailed a single one. Uh, JB, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. I'm going to probably mail like 20 to you uh, in the athletics office within the coming week. Matt, I got to mail you some. You don't even have any. I haven't got the post to Philly yet.
0: Matt, it's it's, it's horse shit that I don't have any it's yeah, No, fair. Because I, I paid. I paid for
1: half of them. You did. You you deserve 50 of them. And then otherwise, again, we'll try to get them out to you guys. Honestly, like if you want some, DM us and like we'll pay you $5. Just pay for like the cost of shipping. I don't know what shipping costs in this environment. But I have to get rid of them. They were hey, hey, just taking turn. up space in, in my turn. apartment and I got to fit a Christmas tree.
0: Intern, if you're figuring it out, you would also control the mailing. That would be a big oh, lift on our back. Dude, if I'm an undergrad, why not? I got nothing else to do. It's COVID. I'm, I'm going to sign up for the fourth and
1: dude guy. Social yeah. media. We can give you a sick title, yep. like social media director if you want. Like that's We give really cool. good references too. Like, you and I are good on the phone when we like, have to talk to professional capacity.
0: So yeah. if Someone calls
1: us asking for a reference. Like, we'll, we'll get you the job. Yeah, if you're especially if you're a CSOM guy, you're talking to yeah. talking to two two guys you want to talk to. So yeah, math major, um, but I mean I'm adjacent to CSOM. econ double major, not a big deal. So yeah, but you're trying to join the CSOM world. So. Yeah, 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 business school. <laughs> so yeah. all right. Anyways, that's all I have. Thanks again to what, our sponsors.
0: What an episode, agenda free Wednesday. I'll tell
1: you what, yeah. off the
0: rails a bit, but I think
1: I think it turned out okay. I hope so. Again, we'll see. We'll see when this is released. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors, Manscaped, Bet Online, Armchair Twenty Four Seven, just everyone uh what a season it's been so far Matt I expect it to continue on Saturday and then we'll see what bowl season has in store for the Eagles we
0: we didn't even talk about the bowls I I did see a projection today from J-Bomb Gator Bowl that'd be kind of sick on January January 1st I think yep so uh keep an emoji there one quick thing on that why not why would you not pick BC we're like the safest bet we don't get we're immune to COVID well knock on wood
1: but yeah you are a doctor so that's pretty good
0: yeah I emoji
1: there um all right that's all I have Matt all right get in folks Motherfuckers freeze up when I come through 10.32 My snuggle I might smile and say what's up But I don't f- with you My rap money slow up I run up on you I'm on the edge I'm just waiting on an f- That'll push me Put my hand on my f-. What you looking at? We ain't buddies We ain't partners And we dance sure with ain't friends So much chrome on my pants. You see your face in my rims If f*** roll, I'ma let her get in, I don't play but I'ma play it till the mother f- in. I got no pick up lines, I stay on the grind, I uh-huh. tell her f- all the time, get in my car, I got Damn my it. 64, riding right? on Dayton's smokes.